everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter. Welcome to the Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. It's great to be with you all today. I appreciate you spending part of your day. It's a great Monday. Whenever you watch us today, it's great to have you. Got a couple of things I want to address real quick, and then we're going to get right to today's topic. It's going to be all Raiders. We have some emails from some of you we're going to answer. Uh, tomorrow night, I will be in San Antonio with my wife, Shannon, and Dexter Ernest Wayne Carpenter, our soon-to-be 19-month-old baby. If you go to my social media or you go to the San Antonio Black Hole Chapter Facebook page, you can find how you need to RSVP. It's 100% free, but you do have to RSVP because seating is limited. I know there was... Quite a few signed up the other day. We may be there. That's why you need to email and check. But look forward to seeing you. As soon as I do the podcast tomorrow, we're flying out. So look forward to seeing all of you in uh, San Antonio who are coming on Tuesday. Now, a couple of other things of note. We are going to have a couple of super special podcasts this week. You're not going to want to miss these podcasts. We're going to get a fan perspective. And I'm bringing a couple of fans on uh, this week, just random fans. I invited several, and the first couple to get back got on and uh, are going to get on. And we taped uh, one of those tomorrow uh, on Saturday because tomorrow's a a travel day. So once I get it all edited and put up, it'll be – I'm going to leave. But also going to be joined by two very distinguished guests – later this week. They are two members of the UK Parliament, which would be equivalent to our House of Representatives, our Senate, our Congress, who are huge Raider fans. So very much looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, a lot of Raider talk. We're going to get into a ton of it. Several of you have asked me, when am I going to break down the new staff? When it's all done, I'm going to do a complete breakdown of the entire staff. And I think that you're going to enjoy that. We're going to bring in a lot of guests to talk about the new staff, to go through their nuances, um, what makes them who they are, what are some things about them. Um, I think one thing that Antonio Pierce has done extremely well with the staff is he's hired complimentary. So, if this is an area where a guy is super strong and maybe there's a concern there, you 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 address it with another coach. He just has really put this thing together very, very well. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to talk about his staff with you. All right, let's start with Jimmy Garoppolo. Everybody knows it. We've written about it, we've talked about it on the podcast. Um, I wanted to wait to get confirmation to talk about the exact number, but when the Raiders cut him. Um, they will be saving about $22.5 million. It is a huge, now they were already in very good shape, um, salary cap wise. Not not perfect, but very good shape. Dave Ziegler did a tremendous job. Tremendous, tremendous job. And uh, But now they're in even better shape. And it's going to put the Raiders in a tremendous position. That's a lot of money. And that they have now um, that additional 11.25 that they're going to be able to avoid because of his situation. And it's a big deal for the Raiders. Humongous deal for the Raiders. And uh, 
It's going to be interesting to see. When Telesco, when he was in Los Angeles, the Spanos family handled contracts. And one area that he is going to be judged by is handling of the salary cap, um, fiscal responsibility, and um, I'm trying to do the best word. How do I describe it? Right, fiscal responsibility and discipline, fiscal discipline as well. And they are, there's a difference. Um, Dave Ziegler was awesome at it. He was awesome at it. And so <clears throat> I think Telesco will be very good. But because of the situation he's coming out of, he's going to have to demonstrate that. Everything else he's done so far has been extremely good. So there's no reason to doubt him. I don't mean this in a doubting tone. <clears throat> but Dave Ziegler set the um, ceiling very, very high for him with fiscal responsibility and fiscal discipline. Now, it's important to point something out about the National Football League. <clears throat> Two things I want to address, and we're going to get to some emails. But a lot of people have asked me um, about the NFL and about you know teams sustaining. Now, you've already seen panic in San Francisco. Many of you heard me um, the day after the Super Bowl on a national radio show saying, if the 49ers did not panic, I would expect them to be back in the Super Bowl next year because of the process of learning to win. <clears throat> they have panicked. And I'll just say it right now. And you know, I said it um, on another national radio show earlier this week, but I'm saying it here on my podcast, I do not expect San Francisco to get back. They panicked, and I think they closed their own window. Dumb, 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 dumb. But they closed their own window. So, um, Yeah, I don't expect them to get back to the Super Bowl. It doesn't mean that they won't get to a championship or anything else. I just don't expect them to get to a Super Bowl. They panicked, and I think it cost for sure. As a matter of fact, let's go back, and I want to rephrase it. I don't expect them to win a Super Bowl. Depending on what some other teams do in the NFC, they may get there, but they've panicked, and it cost them a huge opportunity, in my opinion. Um, some decisions that have gone on behind the scenes, the firing of the defensive coordinator, some other stuff I think um, that I'll get into later next year after the schedule comes out. Um, they caused a lot of turmoil because that um, with their panic. And that's why it's so important. The offseason is so vitally important. Now, <clears throat> the NFL wants parity. That's why they love it if the majority of teams, and almost every year this is the case, are nine and eight, eight and nine. They love that. They love that. Because the more teams that are in it, the more fan bases that stay engaged and HUT levels, which is H-U-T, it's an acronym for households using television, the more HUT levels to people watching. So if you're a Raider fan and the Raiders are out of it and they're terrible, um, well, Raider fans probably aren't the best to use because they're just so dadgum loyal. But y'all know what I'm talking about. A lot of people just won't watch. Well, no, that's not true because a lot of people emailed me and said, I just can't watch. I'll be back next year, whatever. But the more teams are engaged. So what happens is there was originally, originally they did it with the best team got the worst draft pick. And over the years, teams were able to sustain that because the draft is such a crapshoot. 
Well, then when they went to salary cap, it helped it even more. Here's why. As your team wins, you then have emerging stars that you have to pay. As you pay those emerging stars, you then have to take money from somewhere else, thus letting some veterans go. Now, this is where the NFLPA in 2011 rightfully re, you know, revolted, and they got smart. Used to be stupid. The contracts that some rookies would get would just – I'm not blaming the rookie. And they came back and said, no, we, we got to have a slotting system because we're paying a lot of rookies a lot of money who aren't doing anything, a ton of money, while there's veterans who can't get paid because so much of the salary cap's going to, to rookies. That was a brilliant move by the NFLPA. Okay. But the point is, is let's use San Francisco for an example. Okay, they're not paying a quarterback 40 or 50 million. They're paying Purdy UDFA money, which is still a lot of money, but it's in, in NFL terms, it's pennies. So they're able to pay all these people around them. That's why they're able to, you know, pick up Ayuk's fifth year option. You know, now they're wondering, what about this guy? What about that guy? There's a lot of stars and a lot of people paid on that team who are paid a lot more because they're not paying quarterback money. Well, eventually, when Purdy gets to where they're going to have to make a decision, if they have to pay Purdy the 40 or $50 million, they're going to have to let other people go. And when other people go, it brings the team down. This is why you see teams like Andy Reid and the Chiefs. And I understand Raider fan hates the Chiefs. Okay, that's fine. But it's just like when the Raiders are at the height of their glory and Chiefs fan hate the Raiders, you still give them the respect. Andy Reid and the Chiefs are masterful drafters, and yet they're still able to pay Patrick Mahomes. So you saw him. They had to let a Tyreek Hill go. They still found a way to win two Super Bowls after him, which I'll be the first to tell you. They lost two receivers, Tyreek and a and an, uh, another their, their their second guy, and still go on and win. I thought that was going to be too high for them. I did. I didn't think that they would repeat, and I told you that two years ago, and I was wrong. And that just tells you they are masterful drafters. This is why the NFL draft is so important, even more than free agency, because when you get those guys, you get them at a controlled salary for four or five years. Or if you get them as a UDFA, that's even better. And then you keep them on a low salary for four or five years. It allows you to develop guys. So you get a guy and you bring them along. Let's use Dalton Wagner for an example. Okay. He is a, a, a lineman, offensive lineman, that the Raiders got UD yesterday as a UDFA out of Arkansas. Okay. So he sticks around, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, we think this guy can play. And so he play, let's say he plays this next year, but he plays good enough that you can let a veteran go. You save all that money. But then when he gets up, why? Because you drafted well. Same principle. This is why the, the draft, and, and when you look at, so I, I've shared this the other day, I was told that the probable cost for the Raiders, probable, to get from 13 to 1, which is where you have to go if you only think there's one generational quarterback. If you think there's two, 
then you can get to two, but I'm hearing Washington does not want to trade or possibly three. And I'm hearing that New England has no idea what they're doing right now because of the vacuum of leadership. So you got to go to one. So what I was told right now is that if the Raiders wanted number one for Chicago, it'd be three number ones and three number twos. When you give up that amount of draft capital, it's not just five other players because you can go sign those guys in free agency. It's five players that you control their salary and you have them at a relatively pretty good deal because they're high picks, so they should be instant contributors at a very minimal budget. So to go replace those, you're going to have to go get a free agent who's being let go because that team that drafted well has somebody cheaper coming along or they didn't know how to manage their cap. It all lends back to parity. If you think there's a generational quarterback, then you make the the cost, you spend the cost because there is no cost on finding um the right generational quarterback. But boy, you got to be right. Because if you don't, you set your your franchise back. Unless you're able to steal a Brock Purdy, you set your franchise back a decade. You cripple them. And so it's important to understand in the NFL, the way everything is structured, they want parity. They want parity. And so every team, there's no team or very few that are that far away. And so I think that's very good. All right. We got some emails, a bunch of them here I want to answer. The first one comes us some Martin. Martin lives in Vermont. Martin says, Hondo, I hear a lot of people talking about the NFL being rigged. I know you said that you do not believe that the players rigged the league. And I respect you for that. But if it were rigged, how do you think that would happen? That's a very fair question. I don't think it's rigged. So I want to make that very clear. But I think, and I know and have friends who are referees, well, officials. And I know they're men of integrity. I'm going to stop there, though. I don't want to say too much there. So I don't believe all the players are doing it. I don't believe all the refs are doing it. But if they were to rig it, I think it would be with certain officials. You don't need a bunch, but certain ones. But I think that's a really good email. Thank you for sending that in, and I appreciate it. The next one comes to us from Jamie V. Jamie V says, Hondo, um, what are your feelings about signing Russell Wilson for two years and drafting Spencer Rattler in the third or fourth round? That way the Raiders can still be competitive while grooming uh, the QB of the future. i got a couple of things here, Jamie. Number one, uh, Spencer Rattler is not going to be available in the third or fourth round. A couple weeks ago in in the postseason senior work, he was outstanding. Outstanding. And um, I don't know anyone that thinks he'll be available in the third or fourth round. So that's number one. Number two, the Raiders do need two quarterbacks, so I'm all for getting a veteran, and I'm all for, and, I, and I've been on the record that they should draft one. But I think your email underestimates Aiden O'Connell. And I want to say this because I get more grief. The only other thing I've gotten more grief, other two things I've gotten a lot of grief for. 
when I said to you that Josh McDaniels uh, had not lost the locker room, they had not quit on him. Okay, I get tons of grief for that. And the easiest thing in the world for me to stop the critics would just be say, okay, I was wrong. But I've had multiple players tell me how they appreciated the fact that I made that point clear. Because that would have meant they weren't men of integrity and they quit. They certainly were not playing as well for them, but that's one area. But the worst area I've ever gotten the most criticism on um, was the Chiefs being in the Raiders locker room at the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. People went nuts over that. So the other area that I get a lot of criticism on is when I talk about Aiden O'Connell. Because people don't listen. I mean, excuse me, they don't hear. There's a difference between listening and hearing. You can turn on a radio for background noise and listen to it, but you're not hearing it. So I'm going to ask you all to hear. I am not saying Aiden O'Connell is Kenny Stabler or Peyton Manning. But I'm also not in any way calling him a bust. The kid, after AP took over, so last four games, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. Last five, nine touchdowns, one interception. Finishes the year three and one against uh, your division. I think a lot of people are just throwing Aiden away. And when I'm sitting here saying don't throw him away, it doesn't mean I'm saying he shouldn't have to compete. He should absolutely have to. Listen, Every single position on the Raiders team, including Max Crosby, who is a generational talent, who I agree with a Antonio Pierce, has a chance of finishing as the greatest Raider of all time. Everybody should have to compete. Makes everybody better. I compete every single day. There are multiple people who cover the Raiders and do a really good job. They're good people. Competition just makes everybody better. <clears throat> I believe in it. I'm a capitalist. <clears throat> I believe competition makes everything better. But there are a lot of people throwing away Aiden O'Connell on the trash heap, which just makes no earthly sense to me. None whatsoever. That young man did a lot. Whether you respect it or not, he's respected around the NFL and absolutely deserves the opportunity to totally 100% compete. And I don't mean, well, he's out there. No. If you draft another rookie, I've already said this, Aiden should be your QB1. If you go sign a veteran, you'd say you go sign a Russell Wilson or you go sign a Baker Mayfield or a Kirk Cousins or whomever or whatever or trade for one. Okay. I have no problem with them being one, Aiden being QB2, and QB3 being the rookie. Let them compete. But, man, I do not understand the amount of people ready to just throw him away. That literally makes no sense to me. But, so there you go, Jamie. That's my answer. I, I think if, I think Spencer, if that's the guy you decide you want, you grab him in the second round. Go get a veteran. Great. Great. Whatever what, whatever AP thinks. I laugh at sometimes when people say, well, I want this guy to get the job, but he's got to hire X, Y, and Z. No. If you want the guy to get the job, let him put together his team. 
Antonio Pierce has earned the right to succeed or fail on his own. I've talked about this on previous podcasts. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But I think one of the benefits of hiring an Antonio Pierce, one of the big benefits of hiring Antonio Pierce is he's going to be Frank Sinatra and do it his way. All right, the next one comes to us from James O. It says, um, asking us, it says, uh, if we would please start giving the social media of our guests. Right? I would. So we'll, uh, it says, Hondo, I'm always impressed by what they see. The easy, It's easy to critique the slow, more replay, but whenever the networks uh, replay the clip in real time, let's just say it's not my gift. Okay. So anyways, this person's talking about film. <clears throat> Let me read it here. I thought it was a different one, so forgive me. It says, I can't remember your guest's name today, but I really like his idea uh, in getting all the official crews together to watch film uh, my professors in law school would talk about all of the bar exam graders getting together. Okay, so this gentleman is uh, asking about uh, John Shop, who on our, excuse me, uh, Rick Goslin on our show. Many consider the greatest NFL writer of all time, who talked about you hire full-time officials. They come together. Let's say they make them be based in Dallas. <clears throat> and all week they're looking at every game. Because each referee and crew looks at things differently. And so what James is saying is uh, he liked Rick's idea of everybody coming together. And he liked everybody coming as a unit and looking at all the games. So you get the games called consistently. Thanks, James, for that. I appreciate that. And, yeah, we're going to start getting our uh, guests to start giving some of their social media. That was a good idea. All right, the next one comes with some Greg S., Hi, Hondo. I watch every day and appreciate what you do and how you conduct yourself. Um, then he goes on and says, um, my question is concerning who the QB will be for the Raiders in 2024. Before Luke Getze was here, uh, was hired to be the OC, there was rumors that the Raiders were interested in Justin Fields. Do you think that is no longer the case with Getze here? I don't rule anything out right now. <clears throat> Do I think that's as high of a possibility? No, but I'm not ruling it out yet. I would not rule it out <clears throat> because the last time I checked, which was very recently with somebody who would know, there's been no decisions made. So you, as, as everything falls out, would say the Raiders say, okay, there's one quarterback we're willing to move up for. But we don't, we're not willing to pay the price to go to where we need to get to get them. All right. So maybe then look at all right, what what are we willing to trade? If you can get Justin Fields with, with two years left for a second round pick, to me, that's a no-brainer. But you got to look at you got his former offensive coordinator in-house. And you got to ask him, hey, you know what? Does this a guy that you know what we want? You know what you want to run? There's a lot of things. I have been told that nothing has been decided as of yet. Okay, the next one comes in for us from Thomas. Thomas says, hi, Hondo. I have 
emailed you a few times and you never answered. And so my teacher suggested I email you again. I live in Florida and my friend and I are both huge Raider fans. And in my class, he's a junior, by the way, in my cl uh, class, and he's in a communications class, we are discussing potential jobs. Both he and I are very interested in working in the NFL. Not sure if it's as media or what. And they asked us to interview someone in this process to come in. We explained to our teacher that you don't live here in Florida. And because of what you do, it's kind of hard to find an NFL or an NFL media person to come in. But they said you could address us over Zoom. Would you please consider this? We would love as a class to ask you a bunch of questions. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you something. What you didn't know is I get a lot of these type of requests. So I just quickly sent off after your first email with the teacher's name. I'd sent off an email. I'm going to be in your school. I'm coming in person. I'll be down in Florida for the owner's meeting. And I'm going to catch a quick flight to where you're at. At the end of the owner's meetings, I'm going to be in your classroom. And I already set it up with your teacher. That's why she told you to email me again. So I'll be there in your classroom. Looking forward to seeing you and your classmates talking about some NFL football. Maybe even going to bring you a little bit of Raider gear. So we'll have a good time. I look forward to meeting you and your friends and all your classmates. Uh, thank you for the invite. And I'm looking forward to seeing you. Next one comes to us from Mike L. in Tacoma, Washington. Hondo, I love the podcast. <clears throat> Mike goes on and says, I'd like to see the Raiders try to get fields and save the number 13 pick and trade down, acquire some uh, second-round picks to make up for the second-round pick you give for fields and building your defense. Your thoughts? Well, <clears throat> I just addressed it a minute ago. <clears throat> if you're not going to get the guy that you want and you're sitting at a 13, which is very optimal, a lot of teams would like to move to 13 because there's going to be a lot of value. There's going to be some teams overdrafting quarterback in 1 through 12. I'm just telling you right now that's going to happen. So if you can add, um, if you can add some uh, draft picks, let's say you take a, you know, you, you trade your 13 for another one and a two. Okay. It's not just trading. It's then determining is there going to be value there. The Raiders have positions of need, but it's not like they have a million of them. So those are all questions. That's a very fair and germane question that you asked. doesn't even have to be Fields. It could be someone else. Maybe you go after a quarterback that's a free agent, so you don't have to give anything up. But, yeah, I think trading back is definitely a viability. I, I, would, I would say right now I certainly think there is a chance of that. But at 13, they're going to get an immediate impact guy. But somebody's willing to overpay, everybody should be willing to sell. Okay, let's go to our next one. This comes to us, Vincent. Okay, Vincent P. Vincent says, Hondo, I have a quick question for you that I hope you're able to answer. Big Raider fan here, been a Raider since 1970 when I went to my first game. I like a lot of what Antonio Pierce is doing, and I like the fact he seems to be going under the radar. I'm nervous about Tom Telesco because of the salary cap issues. I know that you said that when he was with the Chargers, that was more on the Spanos family than him, and I'll give him that. But it still makes me nervous 
because if it was the Spanos family, he doesn't have a lot of experience there. What do you think? Well, Vincent, I think that's a fair question. But I also know the Raiders have a staff of three or four that help to handle the salary cap. And Telesco is very, very smart. So I'm, I'm not as concerned about it. But Dave Ziegler absolutely um, did a terrific job with it. He did a terrific job with it. And so when you did a terrific job, he set the ceiling high. Last one we're going to do comes from Steve S. Steve says to me, Hondo, I love listening to you and Q Myers. That's good. Q is awesome. And he's a good friend. So that's smart of you. I like listening to you and Q Myers. I think you both cover the Raiders the best. Recently on his podcast, he talked about Dave Ziegler, he believed was collateral damage. That was a quote. Um, and the Josh McDaniels failure. What do you think? What's your thoughts on Dave Ziegler? That's a great question. And I agree with, with Q 100%. And I wrote that. Um, had he differentiated himself from Josh, I think he would still be here. Um, but I think Dave Ziegler <clears throat> deserves another chance. I think there was so much good that he did for the Raiders. I think Dave Ziegler's failure was part on him and part on the Raiders. And I do. I mean, I think both parties hold some responsibility there to why that didn't work out. So there you go, everybody. That's today's podcast. A lot more going on. Don't forget to come see me in San Antonio tomorrow. Follow me on Instagram. When you go to Hondo SR, X formerly known as Twitter, when you go to at Hondo Carpenter, remember, parody. The NFL is structured because they want it. It's structured because they need it. It's structured because they're better for it. So remember that when you see how the whole thing plays out. That's why drafting and getting those players in your system on manageable deals is so vitally important. We'll see you all later, everybody. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa.